Hey, hi, hello. Welcome to the Influenced Podcast. I am your host, Brianna Monet. The Influenced Podcast is a place where I sit down with social media influencers, entrepreneurs, and creatives to have combos about how they balance living life out loud on social media while walking with God. This is also a place where I talk with my friends and discuss certain cultural topics like dating, modesty, friendship, and sex, and how our faith has influenced the way we think about them. So get ready to listen. So on today's episode, we are continuing the talk all about Christian dating, and I am interviewing one, again, <laughs> one of my favorite couples, Emmy and Kenna Orioha. And their story, let me tell you, it is not traditional to say the least, but it is one that is just God-inspired and has his name written all over it. From cheating to breakups to makeups to you know, ministry and beyond, these two have essentially held it down for each other throughout almost anything. So take a listen to their story. So Kenna and Emmy, you guys have been, what, married for over six months now, right? 237 days. Wow. Did you just count that before this interview on the calendar? <laughs> so, or just like but, an everyday thing? Earlier no, to, not an everyday thing. I mean, it should be. But earlier today, my work threw me a work birthday party. And so that was one of the quiz questions they asked the audience. And I didn't know the answer. And so I had to find out the hard way. Okay. So can you guys just tell a little bit about your story? Like, how did you come together you know, your pre-dating story. Our pre-dating story. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, so before the dating. That's the worst part. <laughs> <laughs> so we met at a dance team. So my sophomore year, or our sophomore year, we I tried out for the African Student Organization dance team. I didn't try out. They just had practices. And someone told me they didn't have any guys. Like, they needed guys. Now, I can't dance. I never have okay. been able to dance, but I was willing to try. In faith. And so I went Hello? to this uh, little tryout, <laughs> and uh, I was next to two girls. One was Kenna, and the other one was her roommate. And um, yeah, Kenna was wearing a sundress, uh, which I didn't like, because I had just got out of a relationship shortly before that, and my ex had worn sundresses, so I can't but, but who wore it better? You did, babe. You definitely did. But anyway, um, I <laughs> so we're dancing, and Kenna's, like, nervous because she was dancing in front of some dude she liked. So I was like, she's definitely not <laughs> anything I need to be worried about. Um, mm-hmm. So that's how we met. But fasting forward, we – Fasting forward. Okay. Fasting forward, we met that time, and then from that point, his friends thought – we both happened to go to this pageant, like the Black Excellence pageant, and then his friend mm-hmm. told him that I wanted him, which is so not true. I was really just looking at everybody, but whatever. His friend caught me looking at him. That was just his five minutes of fame. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, 
and he told him, and so Emmy started texting me, and from that point on, we started sleeping together. But wait, how did he get your number? I had her number because uh, we were friends on Snapchat. And relatedly, going back to cookies, I had made cookies, put it on Snapchat, and he put, send me some. Or, you know, guys just randomly try to input themselves inside everything you do, but they're not really about it. That's what he did. Mm -hmm. And so that's how we got there. Got it. Okay. So you said you were sleeping together. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, that was um, the original purpose of our relationship. Strictly that. So that's how it began in April of 2017. Yeah, 17. So yeah, I wasn't, like I said, we both were Christians. We both had really no desire of settling down at the time. Ain't gonna tie me down. Why you wanna roll? What a throwback. (laughs) (laughs) And so initially, that's how the relationship started, and that's all we ever thought it would be. Um, Okay. So how did you guys know that God called you to be together? That's like a <laughs> that would mean that we fast forward like a whole another year. But basically, I mean, I'll just give like a really brief recap. So we started off, mm-hmm. like I said, just sleeping together, and uh, then October kind of kind of gave me this ultimatum of I'm not gonna continue sleeping with you and not be your girlfriend while you're out here talking to other women and stuff. Literally in his classroom, disrespectful. That's why you can't date students. So I basically decided to get in a relationship with Kenna, not necessarily because I wanted to be in a relationship at the time, but he was basically cooking for me and was good to me. So I said, I'll I'll give it two months Mm -hmm. and then we'll break up in December. That was the original plan. So why two months? Mm, Good question. Uh, Because to me, it was like two months gives you enough time to say you tried and it didn't work out. To Mm. be very raw and honest with you. Yeah. And then... Somewhere around that time, so around November, so I got baptized November 18th. Remember that distinctly because we had, we, I had met a, a, a campus missionary at my school who started talking to me about Christ. It was about October 2017. I was running away, running away, but we had started kind of just like attending church. Or Initially, I was going to church, and I invited Kennedy to church, even though we were mm-hmm. still just sleeping together or whatever. And then somehow, I mean, I just kept meeting with Dan and... Dan was missionary. Dan, Dan was the name of the missionary at the time. Uh, well, and I have the so <laughs> but um, so we kept meeting up. Um, somehow around November, or so I remember like uh, the pastor of the church really challenged me. He's like, "Hey man, you know, you're getting involved with the kids and all the stuff at church. Like, why haven't you got baptized?" And and really like I thought to myself, like, if I get baptized, it means I can't do bad stuff anymore. But mm. I just didn't have a good excuse. So I was like, "Okay, I'll get baptized." So got baptized November 18th. Not the reason to get baptized, but got baptized November 18th. The night before, I was actually with the members of what used to be my fraternity, um, mm-hmm. celebrating our Founders Day and drinking and all this crazy stuff. I mean, yeah, I woke up that morning. So basically that night, I was texting some women, and I was actually living with Kenna at this point. Oh, I forgot that I was that morning. Yes. Um, I was living with Kenna at this point for about three months, and she woke up and found text message on my phone and told me to tell my friends who I was with the night before to take me to get baptized at church. Oh. And so, yeah, so I basically um, was so ashamed that I didn't really go into the church, and mm-hmm. I showed up like 50, some, 52 minutes or something like that. 
Oh wow! And, and I got and then I got baptized, and and that same day I went and saw the same people I was around that night before, and I remember being so ashamed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember I just cannot forget. Like there was one question that was asking me that day by. Uh, one of my then frat brothers, who was driving me, and he was like, "So you got baptized? Like, what's going to be different now?" I'm thinking, like, uh, oh, probably, wow. no- probably nothing, but you know, <laughs> I was like, you know, we'll see, right? Um, but really, around that time, like, God really began to start working on my heart. I, at the time, had started confessing a lot of stuff to Kenna, and I mean, I was still very much like one day out the other with the church and with God, and like, did I really believe in this stuff or not? And I mean, and struggling through that. And then in March 2018, I would say we really, I mean, so March of 2018, um, Kenneth had dragged me to a conference that I didn't want to go to initially, but she bought my ticket uh, because she thought I was going to forget. But the truth was I wasn't going to forget. I just didn't want to buy it. It was both. Mm-hmm. And and I low key <laughs> was like, well, if I don't buy it and then the prices go up close to the end of the day, I'm broke so I can tell Kenneth I can't make it. Mm-hmm. But she bought me the ticket, and so we drive to the car to this conference. We're like arguing the whole time, get to the conference, and by the end of that night, gave my life to Jesus. And so, wow. <laughs> and so from that point in March 2018, I think was when we really started to um, one consider that God really had a, a place in our relationship, um, mm-hmm. and not just any place, but He really had to be king of our relationship literally um and so i think yeah the week before that i had had a really challenging conversation with my pastor about how i shouldn't be sleeping with her anymore and how mm-hmm. she was like a daughter to him because she was in mm. his church and his flock that god had commanded him to protect i remember saying like him saying that i had to honor this woman like i would honor his daughters you know because that's yeah. exactly what she wants to hear. and so we had stopped sleeping with each other about a week before um, thinking it would be like another temporary thing for all the times that we kind of felt bad between November and that time. Um, mm-hmm. But really that became the point of um, trying to let Jesus be King and Lord of our relationship. So Kenna, what are your thoughts during the conference and like leading up to this moment? Yeah. So during that time when we were just doing whatever we wanted to do, I was, the reason I was able to pay for his conference ticket was because Money was my motive. Like, I was totally mm-hmm. an idolizing money to the point where I had three jobs at the time. In addition to taking 18 hours, or maybe it was even 15, but in addition to going to school uh, full-time, I was, like, working three jobs. I was still doing anything I could to make money, not because I necessarily needed it, but just right. because I felt so protected to have it. And so I was able to pay for him for the conference because I was able to pay for whatever drinks I wanted to or whatever club admission I had to the night before. Like, that was, like, the life I was living was – getting really good grades, having a good amount of money, but partying very, very hard and just kind of like hiding myself and being able to do all three of those things. And so to me, being able to do all those things, it was like, of course, I can have any guy. Well, like in my head, money would give me everything I needed. There was no reason Mm. for me to leave. I cooked for him all the time or I took him to where his work, like I was doing everything to where there was absolutely no way it would not work out. Like... (laughs) Yeah. To me, I was perfect. And so for him to still cheat on me around that time was like a wake-up call. That at first, without God, it was like, oh, my gosh, I just need to do more. Like, there's more I can be doing. Um, I just wasn't perfect enough. I couldn't get there to perfection. 
But then mm-hmm. I realized, like, specifically because at that conference was when he had disappeared, and that's when he was um, with the pastor, and I had no idea where he was, and that's when he was really giving his life to Christ. That's when he came out into the conference and, and met me afterwards, and he had told me that he had never seen me more beautiful than he had at that moment. And that's when mm-hmm. it really hit me, like, this has nothing to do with me. Like, this is just a matter of God working on our hearts and wow. God filling us with the ability to love each other the way that that he calls us to love each other. It has nothing to do with how I look or work or have in my account or anything because mm-hmm. God can just totally change our desires. And so that was a huge wake-up moment for me because it sounds like, oh, well, it's just a guy. But in reality, guys were something I was chasing my entire life. So forgot to use the man in my life to, to remind me of, of him <laughs> being the ultimate man in my life, mm-hmm. the ultimate person to chase was exactly what I needed to to begin following him and have a relationship with him. That's good. So, Emmy, you said that at that conference, that was where it kind of was solidified for you, yes, your relationship. Mm-hmm. So after I've been prayed over that day, I remember walking out, because I was in the church. Basically, the pastor had waited until everyone cleared the church. <laughs> and then... <laughs> started praying over me. It was like telling me about stuff in my life I'd never told anyone before. I mean, it was just crazy. But I remember I opened my eyes and I, it was the first time I ever heard God speak, right? Like mm-hmm. really clearly. And I heard God say two things to me after. And I, the first one was, you've never seen the world as beautiful as I made it. And the second one was when I walked out of those doors and I saw Kenna and I heard God say, you've never seen her as beautiful as I made her. Mm-hmm. Um and I knew exactly what God was saying at that time because I knew that it was not just about her being physically beautiful, but I'd just never seen her soul. Like I'd never seen just her, you know, as a beautiful mm-hmm. woman that he had made her. Um, and so, yeah, so from that conference, I knew something was special about Kenna just because that was immediately what God had spoken to me. I just, I think at the time, though, like, I just had no context of, like, marriage <laughs> or the you know what I'm saying, or the possibility mm-hmm. of marriage or when that was supposed to happen or how that would happen, like, all that stuff hadn't really sunk into me. So I just knew, though, that I had to, like, protect and take care of and love this woman that God had given me. And so, yeah, like Kenneth said, even with the infidelity, like, I thank God, like, there was never anything, any sort of physical infidelity. Like, it was mm-hmm. all just, like, I mean, just a wandering heart and texting and talking to it, which I don't think is any better. Like, I want to make that really, really clear. I think mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like, it's really a violation of trust and a violation of each other that, and it's still painful. But yeah, so after that moment, we really intentionally started to follow God. And, and we had, like, uh, a, so Dan, who is like a mentor, a big brother to me. The missionary. Uh, missionary. And so him and his wife, like, Kenneth would, and I would spend time with them. Um, mm. and, would start, and that was really, like, the beginning of a development of, um, of what does it mean to actually live out our faith in our relationship. And then we came to D.C., and uh, in the summer, we interned both in D.C., and, and that, I think, was really the point where after I spent some time with Kenneth's family um, yeah. and her in D.C., um, I started to really think about what the future could be and what marriage could look like. Gotcha. Kenneth's looking at me funny right now. So. <laughs> Just wanted to throw in, we had counseling every week that whole time we were in D.C. by the mm-hmm. that Grace Cub Church, so... They were a huge, huge, huge component, um, marriage counseling. Even though we didn't even call it marriage counseling at the time, we just thought we were coming over for for dinner every Wednesday, but it was really marriage counseling. (laughs) Huge 
component to us getting getting our uh, how we treat each other a little bit together. Awesome. So I know both of you guys weren't really following Christ prior to knowing each other and all of that. So did you even have like a mindset or like a concept of Christian dating prior to that? I just thought Christian dating was don't have sex, don't marriage, and mm-hmm. which makes no sense because you're gonna what what is it? Because you're gonna marry that person anyway, eventually. Like at least my mentality. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, that's that's really what I thought dating was. You find someone who is attractive, and then like you guys are both the right age, you know, and you kind of work it out with the families and do the good Christian stuff. Um, I mean, I grew up in, I grew up in a Christian home, but I thought it was like that. And then you just get married, you know? So. What about you, Kenneth? Yeah, I totally did not understand why it needed to happen. The way that I viewed the Bible was because I was dating guys who we'd pray together every once in a while. We both identified as Christians. And so to Mm -hmm. me, it was like the Bible was written such a long time ago. Obviously, God, even though he is all knowing, he didn't know what 20 18 or 2017 would look like so if he did he wouldn't have put this in the bible was my was my mentality which is crazy because um, mm-hmm. like i said we, we serve an all-knowing god he everything that ended up putting in the bible was was to protect us from the things that caused us literally emmy and i and our past relationships the most hurt so it's mm-hmm. crazy for me to think that but i will also say that like i didn't even i for some reason it was like i'm just going to be real here like yeah i mean i i met so many christians who were still involved in um like sleeping with their or at least people who identify as christians who are still sleeping with their girlfriends and stuff right and i wanted mm-hmm. to be like them right and like you know still posting bible verses and still posting their little de- like their devotionals and stuff you know mm, um, yeah so to me like it just seemed like that was a sin that i thought was tolerable to god, god. right you know? Like, I really thought God looked at them and us at the time as hashtag goals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's yeah. real, though. That's really real. So in the Christian sphere, in the Christian realm, you know, there's always this debate of courtship versus dating and all of that. So how would you guys define courtship or how would you define dating? Or do you not identify with either of those terms? <laughs> so the truth is I never even heard the term courtship I think until I started getting deep in Christian circles <laughs> mm-hmm. like I mean from my understanding courtship is we're dating with a view to marry and dating is we're just dating from my understanding I could be wrong mm-hmm. um, yeah but those aren't terms that Kenna and I use like we don't talk about courtship we don't we just use dating because to me, like, like for any Christian who is dating, I don't see why you would date somebody that you wouldn't view at least to to be like your your husband or your wife, right? Because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. if not, then you're just hurting yourself. Like you're giving parts of your soul to somebody who's ultimately yeah. going to hurt you, you know? Mm-hmm. Or you don't care if they hurt you, right? And that's not to say that every single dating relationship works out, but it's to say that why would you why would you spark a fire, you know? Yeah. Um, they could really, really burn you and not consider that, you know. So, so we normally just say dating, and we normally okay. just refer to it as dating. And if there are Christian people in our circles, then I think my general assumption is that there's 
that's usually how they're talking about dating, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's not, then we just talk about it. <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with anyone who uses courtship. Like, like mm-hmm. courtship's cool. It's just not in our in our everyday vocab. Right. Yeah. Or no, anyone. that's totally fine for sure. What would you guys say your parameters or your boundaries were while you were in the dating phase of your relationship? <laughs> so they definitely uh, developed <laughs> <laughs> throughout time. I think <laughs> I just thought of when we very, very first started, when we decided, which was at conference, that we were for sure going to stop sleeping with each other because from January mm-hmm. all the way to that conference in March, we were kind of not sleeping together like we had decided in January we were not going to but there were still just moments of oh darn how'd that happen yeah <laughs> you know I, I'll never forget we actually were fasting with our church in January and we decided to fast from sleeping with each other I don't <laughs> know how we I don't know how we that didn't make it clear in my mind that like this right is, you know <laughs> In reality, it happened because we didn't have proper boundaries and we didn't speak the mm-hmm. Bible for him. So I remember one of the very first things when he said that this is what we were doing for sure, March, we decided to take a bath together because our thoughts were this is how we can still maintain intimacy without having to have sex. Mm-hmm. That was the silliest idea ever. Like, even if we didn't end up having sex that day, so I guess this is probably actually earlier than March, that same day, it's still created this whole image that we did not need to see and this whole state of temptation that ended up that later on we ended up forgoing to sin mm-hmm. yeah i think so with boundaries it, it definitely developed and really it developed through a lot of pain <laughs> um mm. it's really unfortunately i think because of how we started you know and from living together at a certain point and um so yeah a lot a lot a lot of pain of realizing like, hey, we can't do that. And even in moments where, I mean, like our experience of walking in purity was, I mean, for me, I realized that walking in purity is really just walking with God. I mean, impurity comes from the moments I turn my face away from God and I choose to do yeah. whatever I want to do. So for me, it was really about learning how to pursue God in my life. And so for a long time, like I said, we would just do little things that like we would say, hey, we won't hang out past midnight but like why do I need to be <laughs> in your apartment with the door closed at midnight you know thinking practically of how that looked like so he at first it was like okay he can sleep on the night he can just I think we did what head to toe like we would sleep in the same bed but we try head to toe that doesn't work out I would literally cuddle with his legs <laughs> literally <laughs> and that could just progress as well and so it ended up being yeah. okay he can sleep on the floor um, and that wasn't too bad until he got cold or whatever reason that we woke up in the morning and now he's back in the bed. Um, and then it turned into the couch. And the couch worked sometimes, but it was more so like like he'd be on the couch. It was always he'd be on the couch and I'd be in the bed, but it would literally be last resort. And I kind of mm-hmm. think of a reason where that's acceptable now. Right. No, I mean, definitely, like, even just in the in the first part, I mean, and I wanna I wanna stress this because I think this is important, right? Like like for us, like I think a lot of our our journey in finding good boundaries and like what our boundaries need to be, like I said, from pain, but it really was like we started to see the heart of God. Like we would yeah. end up failing at the things that we said we cared about, you know, like purity and I mean just loving each other, and we would I mean like sometimes it ended up in tears, you know. 
Um, mm. And so more and more, I mean, when we when we really started dating, I mean, I think a huge boundary, that an unspoken boundary or, or a non-physical boundary was really an emotional boundary of letting other people be involved in our dating lives, you know? Um, so I had really good friends like Justin and Erica who um, got married like close to the same time as us that were actively we were pursuing purity together. You know? mm-hmm. um, we had, I had a friend, Alberto, and a friend, Kevin, that I was very open and honest with about where I was and what I was doing. Um, and then I think for us, it was a few things. Like, I mean, uh, whenever I was over. A door open always. Or was always open in the room. Um, and so accessible to our roommates and stuff. Um, I think we yeah. were watching a movie. Like, we had, like, a pillow between us. Literally. <laughs> You always hear it. Alberta would tell it. Yeah. I think, what was the, what was the turkey? Was it like 9.30? Or? Yeah, it became like ridiculous to like in my head at the time. It would make me cry because I was like, we had, we were in class till 7 p.m. and you have to leave by 9 p.m. Like, it was, it was hard. But if it was going to be past 9 p.m., then it had to be like, oh, the movies are somewhere in a totally public place. Or like, being with friends, yeah. Yeah, like, or if we needed to talk, like, there, I mean, there's just times where we needed to spend time just talking to each other, or maybe we hadn't seen each other all week. So mm-hmm. what we would do is, if we were going to be together past that time, we would drive and park under a streetlight, you know, mm-hmm. so what's going on in the car is very visible, and at least that way, like, we're, we just wanted there to always be an air of visibility and, and not, um, not hiding and even if our accountability had to be that street light. <laughs> right. Even if it had to be the street yeah. and the and the random person to walk past it, you know, <laughs> on their way into the apartment complex, like it would be that. I just wanted to bring up though that one of those things I struggled with during this time of of waiting till marriage, I would so easily or there would be moments rather of where I start to lose my validation um, mm-hmm. because I would start thinking. I would start going back to my validation as in him wanting to have sex with me or him yeah. thinking I'm attractive. And so we're both following the Lord. But I would have this, like, urge to wear booty shorts <laughs> when he comes over just because I wanted him to be turned on by me. Um, mm-hmm. When I know that we had already had those conversations about maybe you should wear um, not even wear leggings or you should not even wear me like for anything because it was, it's attempting. Um, and so mm-hmm. it's attempting. <laughs> it's, <laughs> but I would still want to break those rules just because I that I thought like I got validation from him. Be reminded that he still does my attractive. But in reality, it was always those moments where I was farthest away from my Bible and farthest away from remembering that all my validation comes from God, just like how it all started in the first place. Mm, that's so good, kind of. With those parameters and boundaries in place, what did it look like for you guys to have God at the center of your relationship? Our heart was always like that we, I think we just knew we wanted to make it. Like we just Mm -hmm. knew that we wanted to believe in the redemption that God was doing in us and Mm -hmm. not just in us, but in our like families too. And, And so our heart was always like, man, we want to be able to like, have children someday and tell them about the redemption story of what God did for us. And so it was just so worth it. Like, I think putting God at the center while we were dating looked a lot like us just pursuing God. I mean, I remember like forcing Kenna to join a small group, (laughs) you know, and 
then my senior year, she was, like, leading a small group. And I think, that, like, the first week, there's, like, 27 women that came out, wow. you know, and, and, like, watching her really begin to pursue God herself. For, for us, it was just encouraging each other actually be honest mm-hmm. with the people that we said we were being honest with. I, there was times where I was texting other people, like, hey, uh, I think Kenneth feels lonely. Whenever she feels lonely, like, but, like, they didn't know. But I was like, whenever she feels lonely, she tries to feel validated by me. So mm-hmm. I was like, yo, can you just, like, hit up Kenneth <laughs> and tell her you want to hang out? <laughs> <laughs> you know? And um, I'm being serious. Like, I was, like it, was, it was never like a, oh, Kenneth needs friends. But it was more like, I want Kenneth to, like, not ever feel like she needed to depend on me. And yeah. I was willing to do things that even even what she saw and what she didn't see were going to push Kenna to Jesus, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, there's many a time where Kenna, especially in the beginning, would, like, call my phone, like, crying, like, come back to, the, to my apartment. Really? <laughs> yes, he would. You, yeah, and, and I would be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, we, we said, like, you know, I said what I said. Uh, right. So <laughs> it was it was really like just encouraging each other to pursue God and pushing each other to be serious about what we said we're serious about. Um, that's what it looked like to pursue God for us when we're dating. Just in, in short, it's just everything that God has in the Bible and warns us about literally is for a reason. And mm-hmm. we had just... <laughs> we had just experienced that so many times that it only made sense to do as God says and see what the fruits of that would be and see what he wants life to look like, to see what the outcome would be um, instead of thinking that all of our efforts will craft the perfect outcome or the perfect life and reality of the life that he has for us is the best one. He's never disappointed three years later, so awesome. Can you guys talk a little bit about your transition from dating to marriage? Like, what did that look like for you guys? How did it all come to be, your thoughts, things that you're going through, your worries, all of that? Honestly, dating to marriage, relationship-wise, wasn't too much that I worried about. I was honestly like, well, rather, let me think about more, I'm thinking about more so engaged to marriage. Because mm-hmm. once you're engaged, I'm definitely a believer of, the but marriage, the engagement period is only for planning the wedding because y'all have already heard from the Lord or feel um, that he has put this person in your life. This is the person you're going to marry. Do not put yourself in a longer period of temptation and stress because marriage is more stressful than you need mm-hmm. to be. So that whole engagement period, I literally, <laughs> thinking about it, I started my, I needed to move to D.C. for work by like July. And so I remember begging him multiple times, even though we got engaged in February, multiple times, if we could just get married in June, <laughs> real quick, that we yeah. come with me to D.C. and we could start our life together. Or earlier, I would have been married the day after engagement if possible. In short, the time by the time that we had got engaged, because he asked and stuff, I... <laughs> By the, time that we, by the time that we got engaged, there wasn't a lot for me to um, stress over about marriage like, involving our relationship, but more so a lot of heart checks that I had to do to make sure mm-hmm. that I was going to be as giving and as selfless and as sacrificial to the person I become one with. Yeah. On my end, it was more like, <laughs> no, like marriage is a big word like husband like, yeah that's a, that's a that's a big word like that's a big boy <laughs> word <Yeah>. big boy 
Like, so I was always worried about, I think for me, just do I have what it takes to be a good husband? You know, if we're married for over 50 years, like, how do I be a good husband for 50 plus years? That's real. (laughs) You know, like, I was more like, and I think a lot of that, the Lord has really dealt with me and just like, bro, you just have to be a good husband today. And then tomorrow you have to commit to being a good husband, you know? And that's just how it goes. Um, but for me, I think I just had a lot of, uh, just a lot of fear of what it was going to look like and whether I was a good enough man and whether I was really ready and all this stuff. And, and that's not to say that I didn't spend time getting ready or I didn't spend time doing any of that stuff. But it, to me, like in marriage, the, the big transition has been um, that I actually feel like we spend categories, like for real, like we, I feel like we've been more busy and... <laughs> Like, actually, maybe even spend less time talking sometimes during marriage than mm. we did when we were dating, you know? And yeah. so the challenge has been more, like, how do we intentionally carve out time? Like, I mean, because there's sometimes where Ken will read her Bible. I'm supposed to sleep for, like, 20 minutes, and she goes and showers, and then I read my Bible while she's showering. And then I'm doing praying downstairs, and while she's doing her thing upstairs. and praying. our entire morning. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And then we're making breakfast, and then it feels like we can't even see each other or pray together that morning, you know? And and it's not like we're both not spending time with God. Which I've never met a couple, uh, personally, who disagree on everything as much as me or disagree on everything. But, wow. like, whenever we pray, though, we really see that the Lord <laughs> makes it clear that all the stuff we were disagreeing on was not as important as we thought it was. Not honestly. <laughs> you know, they say, happy wife, happy life. Ooh. <laughs> Although I love that phrase, I don't. I don't believe it. Emmy has strong <laughs> resentment towards it. Yeah, I see. I hear in his voice. Cause she gonna be happy for about five seconds before she's mad about something else. Next second, she's like, "Okay, but did you do the list that I gave you?" <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what happened before we got on this call. Oh, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> it, no, it wasn't bad. I was just asking about the list. Yeah. yeah, but anyway, so I feel like happy life means husband got to do thing after thing after thing after thing after thing. But the honey do list, right? But I have a I have a friend. He says joyful marriage. Wait, what did he say? Joyful life, joyful marriage, something like that. I don't know. I don't joyful even... life, joyful marriage. <laughs> what? I, mean... <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to be wise, but it didn't happen. But basically, the joy is in being with God and being with each other. Yeah. And that's where it, that's where the happy marriage comes from. Absolutely. Right. So I just want to put it in perspective for people. You both are 23, right? Yeah. I'm about to be the 23. We don't talk about it, though. Okay, just so remember, you're, tw- not you're, you're 22. Yes. So what was it like experiencing marriage at a young age? Because you guys got married at the age that you currently are, so at 22. And, you know, for a lot of people, that's kind of scary. Or it can be common if you're in, like, the Christian realm. It can have a lot of different meanings and, you know, nuances to it. So for you guys, how was that? Annoying. What? (laughs) (laughs) Because everyone gave the same – not everyone. but um, We received a lot of the same advice of, we should wait. For what? 
like, like once we already got engaged, you guys should wait for the wedding. You know, have a have a three year engagement. Just make sure it's a long. Like, just make sure you you know for sure. Like, huh? Like, <laughs> there's nothing in the Bible talking about having long engagements and waiting a long engagement. <laughs> you know, I mess up my A sometimes. Having long engagements and triple checking to make sure because it's, in reality you're just anxious and in reality you're just feeling FOMO like your fear of missing out of whatever it could be if you're missing out by not by dating someone and committing to someone so early mm-hmm. just a lot it was just annoying hearing um, that pretty often because in reality I don't know in reality like we set up these timelines for our lives that God never like, God never said we have to do this, this, and this by the age 24. Unless, of course, mm-hmm. he, he told you that directly. But we have so many standards for ourselves. And what is it? Test drive the car before you buy it? Like, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. We just set up all these different phrases and clothes that are not physically correct. So it was just a little frustrating in that sense. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm the cool one. So it was Bob, man. <laughs> He's saying that because he wants to have ten kids by age thirty. Thanks. Wow, that's that's very ambitious. No, it just is. just four, just four. Little squad, you know, play basketball with. You know, we're a team. I don't know how that uh, can come out of me. And then you can cheer for us. <laughs> <laughs> but even though I don't play basketball, I play soccer. But anyway, I think for me, it was actually it's awesome. I'm happy we got married. Actually. Low key, I waited till October twelfth to get married to her because I didn't want us to, like I didn't want her to be twenty two and me twenty one. His birthday was October tenth. So. <laughs> it makes sense because I I wanted September twenty seventh, but he was so against it. But the truth comes out. Right, because I was like, we both got to be twenty two, you know. Twenty two so, with a boo. Twenty two with a, a permanent boo. Okay. Oh, uh, anyway. <laughs> Anyway, for me, I think it's awesome because we've gotten to experience a lot of life together. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, like, I'm I'm more scared of missing out on not being with this woman than, I don't know, whatever else is out there. Like, I'm, yeah. I thank God. I think, because, I mean, I thought about it, and I was like, man, the Bible says, like, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and finds favor with the Lord, right? And I was like, man, here I am, like, a lot of people looking for favor at 30, like, I have a favorite. And also, we, we kept getting told that we need to travel first. <laughs> like, everyone was like, oh, just you shouldn't get married because you need to travel the world first. Like, I do all my traveling when we were dating with Emmy. Like, we were <laughs> we were the most spontaneous and moving around and doing all these things when we were dating. Like, we never mm-hmm. been one to hold me back over. Vice versa, right, honey? All right. So- <laughs> So I was just like, man, how can God, like, I, this is a bad analogy, but I was like, but I'm going to say it anyway. But imagine you get a box, right? And mm-hmm. it's like something good is in the box. And someone gave it to you. And then you said, no, nah, man, I'm going to wait three years to open the box. But you got a whole present in the box. Mm. Like, like you're the one missing. <laughs> That's so, yeah. so deep. So deep, Yes. But you're the one missing out on the box. Like, God gave me a whole present. You know, I wasn't going to uh, leave my present just waiting there until 24. Like, I was going to open it right now. Cause this Cause is, what if it's a can of beans and that can of beans expires by then, you know? Like, hey. You have to think about expiration dates. 
Dang, it's super deep. No good. <laughs> B, you can tell us you don't like that. <laughs> I could I could see the vein that you guys were going down. Like you, you were right. getting there. You were getting right. there. Thank you so much. You know, I thought if no one else did, I I thought. I and that's all that matters. You know, I try. <laughs> I try. <laughs> so how would you guys say that your dating experience has played out in your marriage now? Good. I mean, it's good. Uh, ongoing. <laughs> <laughs> Ongoingly good. Um, no, but for real, I mean, I found that a lot of stuff that we argue about in marriage is a continuation. <laughs> Of things like we brought into our marriage from our dating phase. Like right? what? Mm-hmm. Uh, she told us, no, don't do that. I think they need an example. Like, I mean, I think you should do more here. Like, you would always tell me when we were dating. And that's something we still be talking about in marriage. <laughs> um, I don't know. That's a that's a bad example. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, kind of, you put me on the spot. <laughs> anyway, no, what I meant was that I think our dating experience and especially the fact that we had so much, I mean, like I think the number one thing for a young dating couple, honestly, is to have mm-hmm. people around you. Like, I think there's so much that the Bible says about wisdom and counsel and mm-hmm. all of that is like, you can't, you can't read enough books, you know what I'm saying? To make yourself already married for 10 years before you get married. Like, Books are good. I mean, I love the book Mingling Souls, like, but that when we're engaged. And they're great resources and tools, but to me, it was just, like, so much of what we saw um, and so much of the things that we um, try to practice and live by were things that we started developing when we were dating and mm-hmm. was, was, like, because of the people that were just dedicated to us and to helping us grow. And so I think the hard things are but definitely that you don't, like, you're not arguing about most marriage stuff. Like, you're arguing about stuff that is just inherent in both of you that have happened through your dating experience and wounds and pains that take a long time to heal, you know? Um, so that's right. the kind of stuff that I would say you deal with in marriage that um, you also deal with in dating and vice versa. So I think we have moments now, and, well, I guess all of marriage, where we're just like, why did we have sex? <laughs> Before, like when you're dating, mm-hmm. thinking about all the moments that when you were dating and hiding and shame, it was just like we would have moments where we would even turn off the light um, in the when we were still like struggling with having sex. Like we would turn mm-hmm. off the lights because we thought maybe God wouldn't see us at the time, so we didn't even see each other. Or um, afterwards, we just don't even feel like like afterwards compared to now being in marriage, like afterwards you're holding each other you're just like wow thank you jesus for this opportunity like this mm-hmm. is awesome like i could do whatever i want because this person loves me the way i am now and forever mm-hmm. like there is it's just a total relief and like full security in that person you don't have to do all that crazy stuff because you're trying to keep them and try to impress them and all these things that i feel like i've seen in my past sexual relationships um like, it's just a totally different experience to where I, I just feel like we find ourselves thinking, like, wow, if we if we only trusted God earlier. But, yeah, everything happens for a reason, and it's all part of our testimony. But God is just so good. 
I was gonna say though, I don't think I don't think they also like made it clear. Just mm-hmm. like we we basically gave our lives to Christ in March twenty eighteen and we got married October twenty nineteen. Oh yeah. Um, so we were asking it for eighteen months? Eighteen months? I can't do math. Um, wait, three, nine. Yeah, I guess eighteen months. Yeah. So there was eighteen there was an eighteen month period. And then we got engaged in February of twenty nineteen. So we were engaged for eight months and then we were I guess dating from we gave on to Christ to February for eleven months. And for clarity, the abstinence was successful, but the pre abstinence was not. Once we decided to actually be abstinent, then that yeah. we were able to carry that out. But before that when we were like teetering with it, there was a lot of back and forth is what I'm trying to say. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> I understood what you meant. But thank you for clarifying. Mm-hmm. So along the lines of what kind of just kind of left us with, would you guys change anything? Yeah, if I could, like, I would start following Jesus. Like, I don't know. Like, right when I came out the room, <laughs> 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 like, I'm being sarcastic, but honestly, I mean, Yes, I think, I mean, we made lots of mistakes, but I'm so grateful to God. Like, that's mm-hmm. really what it comes down to is I'm so grateful to God that um, in our salvation, like, we're not the same people. Like, he really mm-hmm. does give us a new heart, a new life, a new purpose. Um, and so, yeah, I think if I look back at all the stuff and where I was, like, I can still see how God used kind of to bring me out of the pits of my darkness. So. For that, I'm just grateful to God, and I wish I had known him and started following him early, <laughs> you know? And mm-hmm. that's my dream for my children. Like, I hope my children never have to go through what we did, um, or our children, rather. I'm sorry. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> um, Ouchie. Uh, I hope they never do, because because they know God, and that's, that's my hope. That's my dream for them and for everyone else. Mm-hmm. On my end, I don't regret a thing, because... Literally, everything that's happened in our lives has given us unique opportunities to connect and empower the next person or the next couple in a way that we wouldn't have been able to without those experiences. Like, I remember when we were dating and we were seeking Christian couple, like another Christian couple to mentor us or to disciple us, really, we were struggling because we saw all the Christian couples, not all, but we saw the Christian couples at our church and we were like, wow, that, that group didn't, them two didn't have sex and them two didn't have sex. Like, no one in our head, messed up the way that we did. And so mm-hmm. no one can connect with us the way that uh, we did. And then we found we found that we didn't necessarily need to have that in common with, with the couple to, to disciple us. Like, God yeah. used so many different couples in so many unique ways. But it help, it's helped us when we're now in the position of walking through relationships with other couples. Or, mm-hmm. like, I honestly, I struggled a lot with drinking. Like, I kind of talked about a little bit. And so... If I never had that moment, I could never really, it would just be harder for me to speak to someone who, who's in that same position and who's still trying to, to figure out how that looks like and how God can redeem them. Yeah. So I'm happy about it. I'm with you, babe, but I, I want to put this out there just like being totally honest. Like I would, mm-hmm. I would not recommend any couple to go through what we did. Yes. I was actually okay, going to say that. Good. <laughs> Good. I would ten out of ten would never recommend. <laughs> um, that's I'm not saying I'm saying the same Holy Spirit that lives inside Kenna and I that lives inside everybody. So don't get me wrong. Like 
I believe God is still redeeming people and redeeming relationships all over the world. But would that be a path that I would encourage people to go on? Mm-mm. By no means. Like, <laughs> all this extra everything. But, but, like, there's a lot of pain, you know? Um, but yeah, by no means do we encourage or say that that's, we prescribe that to be what people do, you know? Like, once you right. come to Jesus, like, you know, you got to do this and, you know, return your relationship around. Like, all of that happened because that's what God wanted for Kenna and I. And that's how mm-hmm. God worked in our life, but that's not necessarily the same thing for everybody else, mm-hmm. nor should it be. Like, yeah. our Christian experience is not about being changed so we can get married to each other. It's about us being conformed in the image of Christ. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Two thousand songs. If you can do it right, do it right. Get 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 it right. Uh, you know. Go ahead, Kenna. Sing it. Yeah, but- I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> I know, I didn't I didn't think about it until I got to the chorus. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Kinda that's not a good song at all. Well what can we do except Okay. I mean, okay, you try. Moving on okay. <laughs> You know, you brought a little life to it. We love to see it. We love life. So last question, why should people pursue Christian dating? Uh, uh, I say, honestly, pursue Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. Don't pursue Christian dating. Like, in the sense that, I mean, if you are dating, absolutely, like, Christian dating, pursue God, but it's it's knowing God. And so, uh, honestly, for a lot of stuff that I've seen, like, there's a lot of marketing done towards young women, you know, about being yeah. a good wife and a lot of, you know, just a lot of stuff in that area about training to be a wife and all that stuff. And I think there becomes an obsession with even just like Christian dating in general. And mm-hmm. I just want to make it really, really clear that I don't believe that like marriage is a calling yeah. and directly from God um, where he's called you to be with someone else that he specifically called you to be with. And that's mm-hmm. not to say like God comes down from the heavens and says like, this is your wife. But that never happened for me in Canada. Right? It's still a step of faith. Wow. Right? I'm literally um, so glad that you said that. <laughs> yeah, the way that people act nowadays. <laughs> I know, and oh, just just real quick, there was such a, a moment of time where I really wanted Abby to, you know, propose and stuff, and he was just like, "I need to see God come out of this toothbrush. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Tell uh. me right now. That's the only way because it happened to my friend." <laughs> So, I mean, did you okay. have a, a heart change? Oh, like, what happened? Uh, yeah, I, I did breathe. Actually, that was a pretty uh, dark <laughs> part of our relationship. So, um, I want to say this is after, so we, we both interned in D.C. in summer of 2018. We came back and really, like, took a week where I, I think we only fast for a week and mm-hmm. just, like, asked God, like, what do you have for us? You know, the couple and everything. But I remember, like, just being obsessed with, like, and this is why I say, like, the obsession is obsessed with, like, Cold Christian. Feet. Yeah, I mean, some of that, too. But just, like, the whole Christian, like, God told me at this moment, at this day, you know, um, that this is going to be my life. At some point, I even told Kenna, like, I'm not going to say I love you to you anymore because <laughs> what if I'm wrong and you're not Jeez. supposed to be my wife? <laughs> I bust the windows at your car. <laughs> but you don't have a car. <laughs> Dang. The remix, oh. the remix. 
Yeah, so it was bad. And I remember, like, one day, Kenneth just, like, was crying. And this was like, yo, it is, she was just like, can you, she was like, I can't, I can't believe, like, because at this point, I probably not said I love you for, like, two months, B. Like, this mm-hmm. is stupid. But anyway, so Kenneth tells me, and she's just like, can you imagine being in a relationship with someone who doesn't love you? And mm-hmm. who loved you and then decided that they didn't <laughs> love you anyway. You know, she's like she's like, I'm I had much more that you tell me you love me and much more feel loved by you and us here from God together. <laughs> yeah. This is not where you know, rather than being a loveless relationship. Ooh, and that was good. Yeah, and that's and that's what I was making it. I was making a loveless relationship mm. because I was selfish about the way that God had to speak to me. Well, more and more, I realized, like, most of the time, God is really speaking in community. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, um, most of the things that God is saying are confirmed by other people. He's intentional. Okay, man. There you go. <laughs> Kenna literally has a song for everything. I'm a fan. I will go where you will go. Stop. Let's not even relate. That doesn't even relate. Yes, because you went where he wanted you to go. Okay, yeah. And so, yeah, Brienne, even until that point, I remember asking my wife, like, yo, you think I was supposed to be with Kenna? And be like, yeah. I'd be like, okay, but did you hear from God? <laughs> <laughs> like, confirmation, boy. Right. Like, I was obsessed. And I realized more and more, like, God asked us to walk out in faith. So mm-hmm. um, that's what God is much more con- To answer the, 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 I guess the question was, Pursue Christian dating? Absolutely. If you're in a relationship, if you're seeking to be in a relationship, you believe that God has called you to be in a relationship, pursue Jesus, and he will make your relationship well. But never idolize dating. Like, our mm, ultimate yeah. experience is not dating or being married. It's being with God and being redeemed and renewed by Jesus Christ by what he did for you on the cross. So that's my long okay. Yeah. And my short answer would be, yes, pursue Jesus, which often, or not even often, which looks like pursuing Christian dating if you're going to date. But mm-hmm. the reason being, if you're seeking love, if you're trying to practice love, if you're trying to act out love, then why would you not go to the creator of love? Mm. There's, We have so many different definitions of what love looks like. We have so many examples, we think, of what love looks like in our families. But none of those match up to what love is really supposed to be. And so it just seems like the only option if you're pursuing love is to go to the person who created and showed us love. And is love. And is love. Yeah. <laughs> um, when, he, when he died on the cross and when he rose um, and forgave all of our sins without us ever deserving it, which is something that we struggle to do as humans. So mm. that's my, so my simple response. Love it. Love it. So where can people find you on social media where can they hit you up at you know call me on facebook you know what i'm saying uh, <laughs> you know what i'm saying my name is chimizel and then emmy or real hot can you spell your first name for the people yes my first name <laughs> is c-h-i-e-m-e-z-o and then emmy like the awards and then o-r-i-o-h-a so that's my facebook and that's really the only social media i'm active on <laughs> Uh, yeah. So my name <laughs> is Kenna Oriaha, and that is K E N N A Faith O R I O H A. And I do have a Facebook. Facebook right? Yeah, that is that is my Facebook, and there's no one else with that name, so it's 
it's pretty easy. But I do prefer LinkedIn because a lot of times I take social media breaks and texting breaks and all types of breaks, but I usually don't get get uh, actual LinkedIn breaks. I would prefer being contacted on LinkedIn if you have one. And if you are someone looking for an internship, I also be putting you on so I can put you on. Hey, you heard it here. She can put you on. <laughs> Don't you have an Instagram? Yeah, but I don't do that. I don't check my messages. But you can find me on Instagram, but I just don't know if I'll find you, which is Kenna Have Your Number, K-E-N-N-A-H-A-V-E-Y-O-N-U-M-B-A. That's it for this episode of the Influence Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to use hashtag InfluencePod when you're talking about the podcast on social media. And also, shameless plug, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Brianna, C-E-S-T-L-A-B-R-I-A-N-N-A. Until next time, deuces.